Praise the Lord. It's quite a call of the Spirit on the house, isn't there? When the enemy comes in like a flood, <clears throat> the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. And what a standard the Lord is raising up in you, dear church family, and has continued to do so in this hour when the battles are severe and many things plague the earth. Tonight I want to turn to a familiar portion of scripture, Exodus 17, <clears throat> the message, lift up holy hands, lift up holy hands. Exodus 17, verses 8 to 10 to begin. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel, God's people, in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us out, choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the word of God, rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. The Bible says, now Amalek came and fought with Israel. Amalek means warlike. Warlike. There is one who makes war against the saints. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith. There's a war. Amalek means troublemaker. There's one who would stir up trouble against the saints. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel, an aggression by the powers of darkness. Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. The battle took place at Rephidim. Rephidim means shrinking the hands, to weaken or slacken the hands. The enemy wants to get our hands down so that our hands aren't lifted up, so our hands don't touch the throne of God, the authority of God, because when they do, Amalek falls and Israel prevails. When our hands touch the throne of God, the authority of God, we prevail, our families prevail. The church prevails. The kingdom of God prevails. Choose us out some men, Joshua. Moses said, I'm going to go up to the top of the hill. Joshua, you're going out on the fighting field. Choose out some men. How many want to be chosen? Chosen people. Jesus said, many are called. Few are chosen. It's a principle of spiritual life. Many are called. Few are chosen. What comes between called and chosen? And the answer is qualification. We have to be willing to endure spiritual processing, discipleship, being tested and tried, being ordered by the Lord, learning to come under the commands of a soldier and warriors. Choose us out men that we may fight. Joshua, go down on the field. You see, the battle that we fight is fought in two realms. It's fought on the field, and it's fought on the hill. Joshua with the fighting men on the field, Moses, Aaron, and her up on the hill. The battle is in the visible, and it's in the invisible. But if we don't hold the hill, we can never hold the field. The battle is first won in spiritual dimensions. 
And anyone who knows Exodus 17 knows that's true. The battle was first won in the invisible realms, the realms of prevailing prayer, the realms of intercession, the realm of lifted hands, and then it manifested down on the field of battle. Choose us out, men. Go and fight. A day of battle, a day of trial, a day of struggle against the people of God. And Moses was on the hill. He was fighting in intercession. He was fighting in prayer. He was pleading the promises of God on the hill and on the field. And in this hour, we need to understand that we have that same dimension. We must fight in two realms and let God strengthen and minister to us and bless us. Amalek fought with Israel. We face the attack of the enemy. Sometimes we face the attack of the enemy in our mind. Sometimes we face the temptation of the enemy in our emotions. Sometimes the temptation against our body, not only in the lust of the flesh, but in even sicknesses and diseases. Sometimes we face the attack of the enemy in our spirit. In our spirit. Amalek came and fought with Israel. Verse 11 to 12. So it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. And so it was when Moses... So it was they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Moses said, I'm going up on the hill. I'm going to go and intercede. I'm going to prevail in prayer. And so he did, but you know, Moses' hands became heavy. Prevailing prayer is hard work. And that's why some don't do it. It's amazing when you lift your hands to heaven how heavy your hands and arms can become after a while. And it's so easy to let the hands come down. What was Moses doing up on the hill? He was pleading the promises of God. He knew the destiny for the people of God. He knew the promises. He knew the word of God over Israel. And he was pleading those promises in spiritual realms. He was pushing back against the enemy. Amalek was encroaching. Amalek was opposing. Amalek was an adversary to drive the people of God back and keep them from moving forward and keep them from vision and keep them from the destiny of God for them. Moses was pushing back against the enemy. He was piercing the darkness. You have to get vocal with the enemy. Get thee behind me, Satan. Away with you, Satan. It is written, it is written, it is written. When Jesus came up against opposition of demonic powers, he rebuked those powers. He spoke out against them. We must become vocal. We must exercise our voice to stand against the enemy of our souls. Moses up on the hill got tired. There were two men beside him, Aaron and her, and they saw what was happening. They were quick to discern. They said, if we don't win this battle in the invisible realm, if we don't keep Moses' hands up, 
we're going to lose the battle on the field. They got a rock. They sat Moses on a rock. Listen, if your hands are tired and you're worn out in battle, you can go sit on the rock. But keep up the prayers and keep your hands up and keep up the intercessions. And the Bible says they held up Moses' hands and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Verse 13, so Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua. So I want this to be a memory forever in the book and in the hearing of my people that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. I will utterly blot out the remembrance of the enemy, the Bible says. And Moses built an altar and called its name, The Lord is my banner, for he said, Because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Now God gave a promise. One day the mischief of Satan, the adversary, is going to be blotted out forever. One day the enemy will be utterly destroyed and we will rest on heaven's golden shores. But until that day, the Lord said, Amalek will war from generation to generation. This is our generation. This is our time. This is our day. I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek, and that day will come. But until that day, there is war from generation to generation, and every one of us as God's people are involved. I trust the word of the Lord will strengthen you tonight. Perhaps your hands are heavy. Perhaps your arms are tired in the warfare. But let the word of the Lord speak into your heart today and Know that God has wisdom and understanding and that he wants to give us insight into spiritual battle and spiritual realms. Exodus 17 and verse 16 literally says, A hand is upon the throne of the Lord. A hand is upon the throne of the Lord. How do we interpret this verse? Different translations say different things and breaks out into three interpretations. Which one is correct they're all correct three are viable and these we receive and the first one is the hand of the Lord a hand has touched the throne in the battle the Lord has sworn an oath the Lord will have war against the people of Amalek from generation to generation surely the hand of the Lord has touched the throne even today People swear on a Bible, raise their hand and swear on a Bible. They make an oath. God says, I have touched my throne. I have lifted my hand to my throne that I will utterly destroy the remembrance of Satan, I mean Amalek, from the earth. I will utterly obliterate him. But there's going to be war from generation. The hand of the Lord touched the throne. Number two, the hand of Amalek touch the throne. Translations say, because Amalek lifted his hand against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. 
Because, he said, a fist has been raised in defiance against the throne of the Lord. The Lord will wage war against Amalek from generation to generation. And the Lord is waging war through his people, just like he did in Exodus 17. A hand touched the throne, the hand of Amalek. A hand stuck out against the throne of God. A fist of defiance and rebellion against God, against his authority, against his church. The hand of Amalek, the hand of the enemy, has reached out against the throne and the authority and the power of the Lord in the earth. Number three, the hand of Moses. The hand of Moses. Moses said, I lifted my hands toward the Lord's throne. The Lord will fight against Amalek forever. Moses lifted his hand, as we see, against the, to the throne of the Lord. And as Moses lifted his hand, and his hands were raised and steady, there was breakthrough. There was destiny for the people of God. The powers of the enemy were broken, and the people of God were able to break the battle that day and walk on to their inheritance in the promised land. The hand of Moses touched the throne of the Lord. The hand of Moses touched the throne of the Lord. You know, 1 Timothy 2.8, New Testament scripture, the apostle Paul says, I desire, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, in all the churches. How about all the homes? How about all the places where they are? I would, I desire that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. He's referring back to Moses and how Moses stood on that hill and his hands were held steady and because of it the battle broke and there was victory. He said, I want the men in all the churches. I've said this before, why didn't he say the women? The women already had their hands up. He had to talk to the men. I will that the men lift up holy hands without wrath without wrath, without bitterness, without anger, without complaint, without wrath and without doubting, without any unbelief, without any reluctance in their spirit. He says, I need the men to lift their hands in the churches because when a hand touches the throne, there's victory for God's people because there's breakthrough. <laughs> Hebrews 12 and verse 12 says, wherefore, Lift up the hands which hang down. Again, basing off Exodus 17, these scriptures flow through. You say, well, is the, is the posture that important? You know, that was Old Testament. Well, I've just given you New Testament. Say, do I have to lift my hands to the Lord? I don't think it's that important. Well, I'm going to go with Moses on that one. and I'm going to go with the Apostle Paul on that one. Our hands lifted and our prevailing prayers. Our hands, the lifted hands before the Lord, our hands stretched out to heaven are very, very important in the battle of this world, in the battle of our lives, in our prevailing prayers. Our hands are lifted and we can touch the throne and the authority of God. Say, well, why do I, why do I have to touch the throne of God? Why do I have to lift my hands and touch the throne of God? Why can't God just give me victory? Whether I lift my hands or not. Why can't God just give me victory in this life, in my family, in my own person, 
in the house of God, in the advancement of the kingdom, just because I'm his son or his daughter. I think we all understand and realize that we cannot fully comprehend what is taking place in the spiritual world. That there is conflict in the spiritual world and it involves us. There is workings, outworkings in spiritual realms that we do not understand. We can see it in the visible, we see how things work out, but many of these things are invisible, but we know they're real. And we know that when we can touch the throne of God, the authority of God, that Amalek falls and we rise in triumph and we prevail and we have breakthrough and we have victories in God. It's always been this way and always will be. Why do my hands need to touch the throne of God? Because we're involved in spiritual warfare. There are many forces that are invisible that, but that are very real. Think of the force of gravity in a natural, material way. The force of gravity. There's not a person who denies it. We know it's real. But no one can really understand how it operates, fully comprehend the force of gravity, how that people on the other side of the world are not upside down, but right side up, just like we are. It's invisible. It's a law. But we all know it's real. And so it is in the spiritual. There are invisible laws. There are invisible forces that we are warring against. And our warfare in this life is not some war games, some mock battle, some sport or practice. We are involved in a very real dimension. And because of it, we have to get involved. And the Bible teaches us that if we can get our hands to the throne of God and touch the authority of God, break the battle in the invisible realm, we will see the victory of God fall in our lives, fall on our side and fall for our families. The church will progress and the kingdom will stand strong. There's a call of God tonight. Maybe you need to get your hands back up. The enemy wants to get our hands down so that we don't touch the throne of God, so that we don't win in the battle and see victories. He knows when our hands are stretched out that there's power that flows from the throne of God and drives him back and breaks his encroachment. Call of God on our lives to understand this dimension of spiritual warfare. Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. James 5:16, the effectual fervent, the spirit inspired, the word of God inspired, effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person accomplishes much. Elijah it says was a man Subject to like passions, emotions, infirmities, weariness, tiredness, battle fatigue, like all the rest of us. But he prayed earnestly. Literally, he prayed in praying. There was a groaning in his prayer. There was a cry in his prayer. There was an utterance that came out of his spirit beyond just the words he was saying. The Lord revealed to him that there would be a famine in the land. God was calling for a famine. 
And it was to reflect the spiritual barrenness in the hearts of God's own nation and his people. And the Bible says when Elijah heard that word of the Lord, that God wanted to shut the heavens that they would not rain, that he prayed earnestly. He called on the Lord, and the Bible says that it did not rain on the earth for about the space of three years and six months. And then the word of the Lord came to him, and the Lord said, I want to send rain on the earth. I'm turning the hearts of my people back to me. And Elijah prayed again, the Bible says. Elijah prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. It's not enough to just have a promise of God. It's not enough to know the word of God. We have to plead the promises. We have to touch the spiritual battle. We have to touch the throne of God and touch the authority of God to bring the answers to the promises and the word of the Lord in our lives and in the house of God and in the earth. That's our responsibility. What did Elijah do? The Bible says he went up on Mount Carmel and he began to pray. He cast himself down on the earth and he prayed. He prayed earnestly that it would rain. He sent the servant up the hill. Go look toward the Mediterranean up on the hill. Are the clouds forming? Are the rain clouds coming? The servant came back down and said, there's nothing. He prayed again. He sent the servant up and down six times and then on the seventh the servant came back and he said, there is a cloud the size of a man's hand. Did a hand touch the throne? You know it did. Elijah's hand. King Jehoshaphat, 2 Chronicles 20, overwhelmed by the battle that was coming against him drastically, drastically outnumbered. The people would be slaves. Judah would be overrun. Jerusalem would be taken. The people were in fear. They cast themselves on the Lord. They went into the house of the Lord, and they began to pray. And a prophecy came forth by one of the young Levites. And King, has, King Jehoshaphat said, I know what to do. We're sending the singers and the musicians out ahead of the army. We're sending the worshipers. We're sending the worship team out before the army. And the Bible says they went out and they began to praise the Lord. And the Hebrew word yada is used, which means to worship with extended hands. And they had their hands up as they walked out toward those armies. And the Bible, and the Bible says God gave them a great victory that day. Did a hand touch the throne? You know it did. A hand touched the throne. Matthew 17, the father brought his young boy to the disciples. Jesus was absent for a time, and this young boy was overcome by demonic power, manifesting in epilepsy. And can you imagine how distraught this father was? He couldn't watch over his son 24 hours a day. This son, it said, would fall often into the fire and fall into the water father crying out for help he came to the disciples of jesus and and he said can can you help me and they couldn't cure the child they couldn't cast out the devil the demonic bondage when jesus came the father said to him i came to your disciples but they couldn't cast him out jesus said bring him to me and Jesus, with a word, spoke the word. It says he rebuked the unclean spirit, the demonic power, and the child was healed from that very hour. The disciples came to him privately later and said, Lord, why couldn't we cast him out? Jesus said, because of your unbelief. 
Wow. Because of your unbelief. However, this kind does not come out, he said, but by prayer and fasting. What was Jesus saying? Some battles are stronger than others. Some warfare is more difficult. A hand has touched the throne. A hand has touched the throne. Our hands to be stretched out toward heaven in prevailing intercessory prayer. Whatever takes place in the, in the invisible realms of the opposition of Satan and the warfare that we can't see, but there comes a point when your hand touches the throne of God, the authority of God, the battle breaks on your side. Amalek falls, and you prevail, and your family prevails, and the house of God prevails, and the kingdom of God prevails. It's always been this way, and it will always be this way. Lift up holy hands. I would, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, the people of God pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Lift up the hands that hang down, the Bible says. As Moses lifted up his hands, lift up your hands. Let them be steady until the going down of the sun. If you need some brothers and sisters at your side, then call for them and help them. let them help you in the battle of your life, in the warfare that's upon you. Worship team, come tonight. Let's stand tonight. I want to close with Psalm 134, 1 to 3. Bible says, Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, the Lord who made heaven and earth. Bless you from Zion. Servants of the Lord that stand in the house of the Lord by night, lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Just pray tonight that the Lord will touch your spirit and your heart. Anyone here that's discouraged and downcast, your hands are at your sides. Feel like you don't even want to lift your hands, but the Bible says lift up the hands which hang down. Strengthen your feeble hands. There's only one way to win this war, and that's by lifted hands and prevailing prayer, by intercession and calling on the name of the Lord. We fight the powers of darkness. We fight the attack of the enemy. We've got to keep our hands up. We need to touch the throne of God. Time and time again, different battles, but you know when you've touched the throne of God. You know when you've touched the authority of heaven and God, because of the principalities and powers, knows how this battle is fought and how to give you victory. You know when that occurs. And you've got testimony like I do of time and time again when the battle was raging and all of a sudden there was breakthrough because a hand touched the throne of God. And again and again, it's that way in our life. Battle from generation to generation. Some of you don't give up the fight. Don't give up the battle for your sons and daughters, for your life, for your victory, for strength, for wisdom, for the goodness of the Lord, for the blessing of the Lord to prosper in your life. That you can live in a land flowing with milk and honey. That the powers of darkness and oppression will be broken over you and over your family. That you'll win the warfare over the flesh and you'll stand in strength.
You'll stand in strength because that's the will of God. A hand has touched the throne. So tonight, you know, just this is the beginning. This is the beginning. Perhaps an area, a situation, a difficulty, a circumstance. But you say tonight, I've got an answer from God. Like Moses, I know my hand needs to prevail. My prayers need to prevail. My intercessions need to prevail until I see this thing broken and I see the power of God and acted on my behalf. And so we'll take a few minutes here, but you're going to walk out of this place tonight and tomorrow and the next day and all week and next Sunday and all the weeks to come. Your hands are going to be stretched out to heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Your ways are true and righteous altogether. Your kingdom come in our lives, Lord. Your will be done. Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith, Lord. We know sometimes because of our unbelief, but Lord, by fasting prayers and separating ourselves to you and more time in your word and receiving the power of your word in us, we can stand with the word of God, the rod of God in our hand and confess your ways in your word, Father God. So strengthen us tonight, Lord. Strengthen us by your power. Hallelujah. <laughs>